you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Eric the Addison's. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for joining us um, on this wonderful Monday. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And uh, Sherry B and J Mac are on tap. Yes? Okay, great. Um, And helping (laughs) us navigate the show, we will open the phone lines up in just a few seconds. Uh, Not seconds, minutes. In the last segment segment of the program. So keep listening for that. Today, I wanted to have a discussion around, as we often do, around an article mm-hmm. that gives some stats um, talking about the decline. Basically, we already know that there is a decline, but there's something about some of these um, stats that kind of grab my attention because I feel like in some ways, now not in all ways, right? Because, um, well, some some things are unavoidable because of sin in the world. Okay. So Mm. there are some things that you're just, you're going to see some things happening over time um, and increasing uh, moving away from God, right? That those things are going to happen. Yeah. But I think there are some things that have happened in our country in particular. And of course I go back to our country's founding. Mm -hmm. um, But I think there are some things that have happened in our country in particular that didn't have to happen and certainly didn't have to happen as rapidly as they happened uh, because we had a unique position. um, Let me say it this way. We had a unique vantage point Mm. um, as it pertains to the things of God, a unique understanding of God. And so it positioned us in a way that we could have continued um, to exalt the Lord and who knows what, you know, what the Lord would have continued to do. We don't know. And we don't know for how long, but I do think that our country is unique and it's been a blessing. I'm so, man, you know, and we try to raise our children to appreciate the country that the Lord has caused them to live in, that, that this is their country, that this is on purpose by God and it's for purpose, right. For the glory of God. And so we try to keep that in front of our kids. Um, we are raising them to appreciate, the country that they live in, uh, I understand that that's controversial today. Uh, <laughs> nobody cares. Uh, but I, I <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, biblically, <laughs> I want them to understand the sovereignty of God in determining when they would live and the boundaries of their habitation mm-hmm. and all of this for a person, uh, for a purpose that they would seek God. Um, Acts 17, 26. So, so we're doing that. But at the same time, I, I do think that our, our country and the way that it was established sort of also... <laughs> puts us in a unique position to be judged possibly with the exception of Israel. Okay. Uh, to be judged in a way, unlike any other uh, nation in the history of the world. Mm. Uh, and, and so that's, that's something that you, you can't champion, you know, our godly principles and the founding of our nation and then pretend that those things don't have consequences as right. far as judgment is right. concerned. Right. It's like, it's like the parent, let me let me just get, let me tell you what it's like. It's like the parent who goes on and on and on about how brilliant their kid is. 
Look at him. Look at him. <laughs> ah, man, I tell you, rah, rah, rah. He's, he's the greatest, you know? And the kid is so smart, and the kid is just amazing. And then when the kid rebels and is disobedient, that same parent says, I don't know if he understands. <laughs> right. Right? 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 So in other words, the kid is not accountable yeah. because he doesn't, I don't know, does, do you think he really understands what we're saying? Yeah, he understands. But, yeah, he understands exactly right. And so we kind of become a nation like that, right? Mm-hmm. Where we're mm-hmm. like, man, our nation is the greatest. It was founded on biblical principles. And look at what we've done. And look at what God has blessed us to do. And then the Lord says, judgment, you've turned away. And it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> but but do you think, I mean, I don't know. Did we really, I don't know if you can really say that we knew. I mean, it's just, you know, no, yeah, we know. And we're accountable. Yeah, And that's what makes the judgment, I think, um, stronger or greater, if you will, uh, than what you would look at other nations. Look, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. So rather, it doesn't matter how a nation understands God. I, I guess the consequences in the long run are the same, but I do think that there is a, there is a harsher judgment and, and man, I don't mean to, to sound like, you know, like we want to whip ourselves, but <laughs> I mean, right. We deserve it. Yeah. We deserve it. Like there's there's not a nation that has enjoyed what we have enjoyed. Yeah. And chief among what we have enjoyed is the knowledge of God. Yeah. And that's big. Everything else has flowed like flowed out from that. Right. Like. Right. But chief among what we have enjoyed is the knowledge of God and the fear of God, man. And 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 to have known that and to trample it like that's that's the thing that it's like, you know, you have to take a step back and say, yeah, the kid knows what he what he was doing. And, and, and so you, you mentioned besides uh, Israel. But you, if you look at what Israel uh, endured, because they knew God, God showed yes. himself over and Great over point. and over and over Great again. Point them in so many different ways miraculous yep. ways giving them the law all this stuff you know right raising up prophets and 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 man yes. and they turn and yep. look how god dealt with them so what makes us man. think in america <laughs> that there will be any different type of uh, repercussions because we don't understand no i'm just kidding yeah. it's, it's the child it's the child yeah. who's brilliant until he has to be disciplined yeah. oh have mercy he doesn't right. understand no but he does because you you know, <laughs> anyway, yeah. you can't hide behind that. Right. You'd, you'd have to not know all along. Um, but anyway, so my encouragement today, and I want to have a conversation around the topic of keeping eternity in your heart. So I want to encourage uh, believers who are listening to us today to keep eternity in your heart and also in the heart of your children. And if you're a grand listening, mm-hmm. um, keep eternity in the heart of your grands as Amen. well. Amen. That that is the only way, brothers and sisters, that is the only way that we will see some things turn around um, to the extent that God wants them to. Do you understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Um, we are not going to strong arm God into doing anything that that acts against his purposes. Mm-hmm. OK, that God, God's purposes will be realized. He will do what he wants. Right. Our God is in the heavens. He does whatever pleases him. But there is also a partnership that the Lord has invited us into where he has given us relationship through Jesus Christ, where we can petition him, where we can cry out to him. In addition to that, there are certain things that we can do right now, right now. Listen to me. And so many people are not going to want to do it, Hmm. right? They're not going to want to do it. We are asking, what can we do in our nation to turn it around? What's going on? Like we, we hate the direction that we feel our nation just kind of 
pulling in. It's like a, uh, and maybe pull, maybe, maybe too gentle of a word because it's more of like a rapid descent, right? It's more like a careening toward a cliff. Uh, and then the question is, what can we do? And people are always looking for those things that um, they thought historically, they thought historically had proven to be our safeguards. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I think now the data is showing that some of the things, while they were wins and they were victories, politically speaking, um, those things were not actually the safeguard, Mm, right? Because now we're looking at why the decline is such that it is, and we're going to talk about that today. Um, If (laughs) keep eternity in your heart, Mm. keep eternity in the hearts of your children and in the hearts of your grandchildren. Amen. If And when you do that, you will be doing some things in real time with generational consequences. You'll be you'll be doing some things in real time, like right now Mm -hmm. with generational consequences. And I'm going to make my point. I'm, I'm going to prove my point based on where we are now. Because of what people didn't do generations before us. Mm hmm. So when people don't do, we end up here. Not doing in the past has caused consequences in the present, which for when they were in the past, it was the future. <laughs> do people understand what I'm yeah. saying? Oh, yeah. So us doing things right now in the present yeah. has far reaching. It affects the future. Okay, yeah, people, definitely. do we get it? Okay, we see it, right? We see it. So, so we can take... What didn't happen in the past and look at where we are now and then ask ourselves a question. Are we doing the same things or are we doing different things now and expecting a type of different outcome in the future? Mm -hmm. Because you cannot continue doing the same thing, going in the same direction and expect all of a sudden the the train will just jump tracks Mm -hmm. like it's it doesn't work that way. So if you say, well, this is just the way I've always done things. This is just the way we do things. The question has to be, okay, so when I look at that, am I in a, am I in a different place? Are my kids in a different place? Um, and if the answer is no, then, then the next question needs to be, okay, what are we missing? Hmm. What are we not doing? So here is the headline. Here's the headline. Uh, 43% of millennials don't know, don't care, don't believe God exists. Wow. 43 percent, 43, 43% of millennials don't know, don't care, don't believe God exists. Just 26 percent. I'm getting into the article. Just 26 percent of Generation X and 16 percent of millennials believe that when they die, they will go to heaven only because they confessed their sins and accepted Jesus as their savior. That is compared, excuse me, to nearly half of the generation before them, a new study has found 26% of generation X will that's you. And that's me, right? 26% of us. Okay. Believe that we will go to heaven only because we have confessed our sins and accepted Jesus Christ as our savior. 16% of millennials believe that 16%. The American worldview inventory 2021, a survey of the philosophy of life on American adults, uh, the philosophy of life on American adults from Arizona Christian University assess the worldviews of four generations. They assess the worldviews of four generations. Millennials, that would be those born from 1984 to 2002. That's how this is categorized here. 
I know that there are different numbers. Millennials born 1984 to 2002. Generation X, 1965 to 1983. 1965 to 1983. Baby boomers, 1946 to 1964. And then the builders, 1927 to 1945. Now, I'm not going to just like call out percentages and numbers for you for percentages and numbers sake. That would be a waste of your time. I really would like you to listen more closely than just hearing the numbers because the numbers are going to make the point that I'm just going to run a highlighter over. And so that you can listen carefully, I want you to notice that there, there are percentage declines in every generation. Mm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now what I'm, what I'm going to do, why am I giving a roadmap? Because I'm not just talking. Yeah. Okay. I'm giving a roadmap because I want you to specifically listen to the points that I'm trying to make. And sometimes, you know how, when you're taking a standardized test, if you read the questions before you would be able to spot it in the paragraph. Mm -hmm. So I want to give a roadmap for what I want you to pay attention to, because I really think that this is going to kind of drive home some points that we make routinely on this show. It's like, Oh, Whoa, here are the numbers to go along with that. At the end of last year, I believe it was, nearing the end of the year, we looked at a study that asked the question, um, when or why did uh, American children stop believing in God? Mm -hmm. You remember that? We yep. talked about that? Yep. Okay. Now, um, before I get back to the percentage points, looking at this study from Arizona Christian University, let me remind you of something that was said in that article, why American children stopped believing in God. It was an article written by a man named Cameron, Cameron Hilditch, and he was referring to a report that was released from the American Enterprise Institute written by a man named Lyman Stone. Now that you're confused, let's keep going. All right. <laughs> what did he say in this article? Well, he was making a link between taxpayer dollars, where the majority of taxpayer dollars are spent and the huge influence it has where those dollars are spent. OK. I hear the music, so I know that I'm probably not going to be able to make this point before we go to break, but I'm going to get started. And then I'm just going to listen for J-Mac to say 15, 5, stop talking. <laughs> It turns out, writes Hilditch, it turns out that religiosity is usually determined very early in life. All the data suggests that by and large, kids brought up in religious households stay religious and kids who aren't don't. When we come back on the other side of the break, I'm going to point out why he says we have experienced a religious decline in this country. Aaron the Addisons, stay right there.
last minute nights I cried, I was so depressed, but I can attest that I've been blessed. Quick, let me get this off my chest. I've been so unfaithful, Lord. You gave up your life for me, yet I am so ungrateful, Lord. Saying that I live for Christ, but you know I was living right. Sin would have me sick at night, lusting after them wicked sights. So hit the light, show just what I did when in the dark. And though my mouth speak it, you know the intentions of my heart. So Lord, I fall down on my knees. I really need your help, Lord, please. Please don't take your love away. Your scriptures say you never leave. Or forsake me, but I do love you. Better never show I do. So what's my words? Wasted lines. Yet you're faithful right on time. Move my mind. Pull me close. My faith in you. You give me hope. When I feel my back's against the ropes of the ways of life. Try to rock my boat. You've been the provider in the presence of my faithlessness. Mercy and graciousness. Greatest our faithfulness. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. We're having a little technical difficulty, so I'll just kind of pick up where, where Miki was le- leaving off. And it's funny because we're talking about this uh, when we discussed the story, um, the one that she referenced earlier, why Christian children stop believing in God. Uh, and then this whole one about the millennials, 43% of millennials don't know, don't care, don't believe God exists. It's a new study. It's amazing because I had a conversation today with uh, my brother Abraham Hamilton III, and we grew up pretty much in the same church in New Orleans. And, you know, there was a lot of great teaching there. There was a lot of things that and activities and different things for the young people. Uh, there was a lot of Bible studies. A lot of things were, go- were going on. But I think one thing that uh, may have been missing was the empowering of parents to disciple in the home. And that's a, a crucial, a crucial piece. And as this study shows, as as the generations uh, go on, how the older generations had more of a belief in God, you get down to the millennials, where is is the uh, the smallest number? Man, I think that's saying something. And we, if we look at generations, if we look at time, man, things over time seem to decay. But it shouldn't be that way with our relationships with, with God. And if we are doing the things that we are supposed to be doing as far as having uh, godly legacies within our homes, then these type of things won't happen. I'm reminded of the scripture when it talks about uh, when, when Joshua died and how there was one generation that went on and they didn't know God. They didn't know the God of Moses. They didn't know the God of Joshua. And, and how things begin to really go down in one generation. It does not take a long time to begin to lose ground uh, in this thing. And we see it happening even today, even today. And so the, one of the calls is for our homes, that we would be home, that we would be parents that would take seriously discipling our children in the home. Because we can't leave it up to a youth group. We can't leave it up to the church. That has not been the mandate that's been given by God as far as um, raising up children. And a lot of times what we've done, we have outsourced the discipling of our children, right, to uh, these organizations. And what we see now, what's happening is that, man, we're reaping the, I won't say benefits, the fruit uh, of, of doing that, you know, uh, and I'm not going to just wholesale say just because I, I, I was a part of a youth group. I was a part of a church that had a youth group. And 
for me, it was a great experience. It was a great experience, you know, um, but I can't say that the same for everybody, you know, and when we begin to section off parts of the church and say, and, you know, by age or by whatever, I think we do a disservice. And so in, in a lot of our trying to build uh, certain models of church, we have dropped the ball in certain aspects. We, we've dropped the ball in really raising and discipling our children. So just like we were talking about in the first segment, uh, just 26% of Gen X and 16% of millennials believe that when they die, they will go to heaven only because they confessed their sins and accepted Jesus as their Savior, compared to nearly half of the generation before them. And that's a, that's a new study. We talked a little bit about that. We broke down the generations, the millennials, 1984 to 2002. Generation X, 1965 to 1983, baby boomers, uh, 1946 to 64, and the builders, 1927 to 45. The researchers found that among other recent generations, millennials have gone farther in cutting ties with traditional Christian views and normative biblical teaching. And whenever that happens, you got to ask yourself, why is that? What, what, what happened? When there is a, a gap in carrying on, you know, to the next generation, man, you have this kind of, you, you have this kind of droppage that takes place. For example, nearly half of all boomers believe that when they die, they will go to heaven only because they confessed their sins and accepted Jesus as, as their Savior, compared to only 26% of Generation X. So you have from the boomers to half of the nearly half of the boomers believe that, and then you go down to the next generation, you know, on, and and twenty six percent of Generation X, and sixteen percent of millennials. That's a big drop. That's a big drop. So you got to ask yourself, like, what's going on here? Then it says a, stag a staggering ninety percent, ninety percent of builders. So you have half of uh, the boomers, but then he said 90% of the builders believe you treat others as you want them to treat you, while less than half of the millennials agree. So that's another common feature of Christianity that you do unto others as you have them to do unto you. 90% of the builders believe this, while you have less than half of millennials that agree. Additionally, 43% of millennials Stated uh, they either don't know, don't care, don't believe God exists compared to 28 uh, of boomers and 44 of millennials. 44% uh, of millennials believe Satan is a real and influential uh, being compared to 64% of boomers. So you see in these crucial different uh, areas of biblical study, of theology, of what is believed, there's a droppage as the generations uh, go on. The study also found that overall younger Americans are significantly more likely than two previous generations to embrace horoscopes as a guide and karma as a life principle. <laughs> to see getting even with others as defensible, to accept evolution over creation, and, and to uh, view owning property as fostering economic justice. All this turns to a biblical worldview which we know is suffering. We know that the biblical worldview is not being passed down. So as an outflow of that, you have more and more uh, people disconnecting for, from, you know, religion. That's a problem. 
So if this trend continues on, when it comes down to my children and that generation, I'm not even sure what it's called, Y or <laughs> generation whatever. If it continues to go on, man, we get to a point where you have whole generations that just don't know God and don't even care about it. You know, don't even care about religion, don't even care about, you know, cert certain morals that the Bible uh, uh, preach. On spiritual matters, Americans younger than 55 are far more likely to dis distrust the Bible and to believe God is uninvolved in people's lives. I would have to say, too, with this last thing that I just read about horoscopes and, and karma, people are searching for spiritual means in which to answer their questions. They're going to the wrong sources. They're going to things that are not of God. I think a lot of this ha have to do with generations being raised primarily viewing certain things on television. There's certain media that shape the views that we would have. If we're watching movies and different things that contain, you know, witchcraft and, and all these different things in it, there's a, a, a sense of being desensitized to these things. It's not that bad. I can go and watch this. I can, you know, and we've kind of allowed that to take place. We have really let our guard down on what's being viewed by the generations. I, every generation, I think, is, you know, because we know that the, the, the media and the things that are being put out are, are, are worse and worse. So if we don't adjust on our end and say, okay, there are certain things that we're not watching, there are certain things that I'm not letting my, ch my children, you know, uh, put in through their eyes or, or hear, then we have their worldview being shaped by this worldly view, not a biblical worldview. And so it doesn't surprise me that as you have younger Americans that are given given over more to like horoscopes and and karma, different things, you know, that would be spiritual in nature, but want, don't want to have anything to do with God. Because even God will be lumped into being some type of fairy tale. He demands too much anyway. I'd rather do this. I'd rather, you know, lean on horoscopes or, 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 or these things. And so the thing is, when you have this going on, when we're not careful about what our children what they're watching and what they're hearing, their worldview is being shaped by all of that. So I'll read it again. On spiritual matters, Americans younger than 55 are far more likely to distrust the Bible and to believe God is uninvolved in people's lives. When there's not a high value on the word coming from, you know, the, uh, the adults. Man, we can't expect our children to have a high view of the word. When there are some things in the word that we say, oh, no, it don't, that does not mean this for today. This was something that my grandparents adhered to. This is something that, you know, my great grandparents, they, they did. But today we don't need all of that. When that's the view. Well, how do we expect the children that's growing up to have a different view? They won't. They won't. Interesting. Interestingly, a, ma a majority of Americans call themselves Christians, ranging from 57% of millennials to 83% of builders. So you have 57% of millennials, that, of Americans, that will call themselves Christians, 83% of the builders. That's a big gap. 
But even you got to question the 57% because a lot of people can call themselves Christians, but it's not Christian in name only. That's not what we're going for. How many are really, truly devoted in their walk with God? You could say the same thing for the builders, 83%. So that, that number may be different in reality, but it still shows the gap in between generations. So if we go back, the builders uh, were, were from 1946 to 64, and we're talking about the millennials that were born in eight, well, between 84 and 2002. This is sad. Now, look, all the responsibility is not on the church. The church is supposed to do certain things. The church is supposed to come alongside the families that are a part of the church and aid in their growth, aid in their development and spiritual matters and all of that. But I will submit that the family is where this type of stuff will be you know, met, it will be in the families. It will be in a, fa- in a family context. If we take seriously within our homes the discipleship of our children, I believe these numbers would look a lot different. When, we have, when we've had the model of seeker-sensitive uh, churches going on, and some churches are, are still like that, you know, where we have churches that don't discuss the full counsel of God. They don't go through all of the scripture. You know, they, there are some topics that can't be discussed because we don't want to offend. When you have all of that type of stuff happening, how will there be a high value for the word? How will there be holiness? You know, how will there be a seriousness about, you know, the, the standards of God? How could it be? Well, we've had all that kind of stuff in our culture. Because the world has pressed in and said, you need to be more flexible, Christian. You need to be more tolerant. Change your services and things so, so you can suit me, an unbeliever. I'm not going to come to your church. It's so rigid. So we've changed on our end, and I think we've seen it. It, it does not work. But what's happened is we've lost generations because we, we've changed based upon not wanting to offend. Researchers warn that the beliefs and behaviors of younger Americans, especially millennials, threaten to reshape the nation's religious parameters beyond recognition. There it is. These are the people that are going to be voting, making decisions. Where should we go as a country? It's going to be the the people who are coming up in the millennial generation and, and beyond. So if that is true, which it is, it stands to reason that this country and the values that it was built upon, the biblical principles that we like to tout, will look a lot different. And we can see that happening right now. We see that happening right now. So give it some more years. What do you think, you know, barring a move from God and a seriousness in our homes to disciple our children It won't change. This is what we're facing. Researchers warn that the beliefs and behaviors of young Americans, especially millennials, threaten to reshape the nation's religious parameters beyond recognition. In fact, the radical spiritual revolution has created a generation seeking a reimagined world without God, the Bible, or churches, they wrote. This is where we're headed. 
This is where we're headed if we don't grab the reins and understand what's going on. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. We'll be back right after this. here on American Family Radio, Will Addison. We're having a little technical difficulty, so um, riding solo for the moment, I guess, till the end of the show. But I've been looking at an article. We have been looking at an article. Uh, 43% of millennials don't know, don't care, don't believe that God exists. And so we were talking about the role of the family in discipleship and the role of the church because it should be a partnership. Uh, the, the sole responsibility of discipleship uh, uh, lies with the home, the father and the mother, uh, raising up godly seed. Uh, but the church is an integral part of helping to uh, sustain that and to come alongside of families to be able to give direction, to be able to give insight, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And a lot of times when we think of that scripture, equipping the saints for the work of ministry, we think of ministry as something that's outside of the home, but it's not. It's not. It could be. Um, but that there, there's ministry that happens within the home. And so we're talking about how generations, you know, you have the builders, the boomers, you have generation X, you have uh, the millennial and how throughout the generations, there's been a decline and a decrease of, of, uh, of individuals that believe in God, that believe, you know, certain things about the faith. And you see what that decline throughout the generations. And I alluded to this scripture, but I'm reminded of this because it, it does not take a long time to lose the ground that you that you have uh, in, in, in Judges chapter two. And I'll start at verse six. It said, when Joshua had dismissed the people, the sons of Israel went each to his inheritance to possess the land. Uh, the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who survived Joshua, who had seen all the great work of the Lord which he had done for Israel. So you have, so you have uh, Joshua, you know, uh, leading the people, but he, he's going to pass on. And all the elders and the people who are with him, they're going to pass on. And so if it's not handed down properly, the tenets of God, the law, everything that, that's necessary to serve God, then there's going to be a, a drop. And so it says here that then Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord died. And then it says at the age of 110 and, he, and they buried him in the territory of his inheritance in Timoth Heres, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gosh. All that generation also were gathered to their father. So you have Joshua, the leader, then you have the generation, the elders, you know, who were uh, gathered to their fathers. They passed away and there arose another generation 
after them who did not know the Lord, nor yet the work which he had done for Israel. So it don't take long as we're looking at these. We're looking at these generations right here. You know, in America, we can see that it does not take a long time to lose the ground that that you that you had if the faith is not properly handed down. And so that's the that's that's the article that we're, we're looking at. Mickey, you there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man, you know that feeling when you're like, this is this is such an important show, and that feeling of like you know you you really want to. Um, <clears throat> be a part of it and <laughs> well, and then you don't get to be uh-huh. well i'm so grateful <clears throat> for the 13 minutes that i have with you today <laughs> i can't i don't know what you've said i don't know what you've covered i'm sure it was fire um <laughs> but it's just you know anyways so so hi well, I, I mean yeah i can i can fit, go on and did you go over numbers some of them Okay. So we talked about how on <laughs> spiritual matters, Americans younger than 55 are far more likely to distrust the Bible yeah. and to believe God is uninvolved in people's lives. And I talked about how for a time there was a movement of, you know, seeker sensitive and kind of uh, abandoning some of the scripture and, you yeah. know, saying that we don't need to teach this and teach that. But that all has an effect on, you know, generations and, and people coming up not really holding the word of God as it should be held. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, but it also talked about um, the majority of Americans call themselves Christian, ranging from 57% of millennials to 83% of builders. But even within those numbers, you know, there, there are probably some people who are Christian in name only, you know, mm-hmm. but those numbers still show a big gap between the builders and the millennials. So that's kind of where I left off. Did you did you perchance make the point that um, about how each of the generations like when we were talking about this study mm-hmm. from uh, last year, the end of last year from the American Enterprise Institute? I know as we were going to the break, I really wanted to drive home that point about how um, American children uh, stopped believing in God. And mm-hmm. I think one of the big points is that there's not this big, huge drop, but it's each generation just moving further and further away from the Lord. I feel like mm-hmm. you may have already made that mm-hmm. point. Yes. Um but I think because the initial point that I was making in the first segment of the show was that there are things that we can do right now that can turn some things around. And yes. chief among those things would be one that we ourselves turn to the Lord. Mm. We ourselves turn to the Lord and that we recognize that the Lord, according to Ecclesiastes three, um, the Lord has put eternity in our hearts. Amen. Right. So through prayer, the reading of the word of God, the feasting, on the word of God and the discussion of it, we keep eternity in our hearts where we keep our focus on the Lord and what awaits us. And I really believe that we've got to keep this on the heart and the minds of our children as well. Unfortunately, we haven't done that. And so there's been a decline in every generation, every generation moving further and further away from the Lord. What happens? I think that you can see a direct connection between our level of comfort as our levels of comfort increase Um, Our reliance on the Lord decreases. Um, Our perceived need for God decreases. Mm -hmm. And and this is a warning that the Lord even gave to his people. If you go back and you look at Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter six, um, and you can also look at Deuteronomy chapter eight. But I was thinking about this as I was looking at this article. Um, But Deuteronomy chapter six, where uh, the Lord 
tells Israel to remember him and to make sure that the things that they have heard, that they keep those things in front of not only themselves, but also in front of their children, Mm -hmm. uh, the Shema. And, And so this is something that is critical. But at the same time, the Lord says, basically, don't forget me. Don't forget me, right? Um, and and the the Lord knows, and I hate to say things like that, right? That the Lord knows. Of course the Lord knows. But what happens when we build homes, when we um, build wealth, yeah. there tends to be this feeling of like, we don't, we don't need him so much. Mm-hmm. So the admonition was that we would remember the Lord our God, mm-hmm. right? That we would mm-hmm. not turn from the Lord our God. And I think the same call has to be in front of Americans today. If you know the Lord, mm-hmm. don't forget him. And that's the same thing I was alluding to or, or, or talking about with in, in uh, Joshua's generation. Yes. How did there arise a, a, a generation that didn't know God, all the, all the things that he did? You know, that when you think about that, it's like, wow, because he did some pretty amazing things. <laughs> During yeah. Joshua and Moses, Moses' time, you know, so yeah. to say that they there's a, a generation that arose that didn't know, man, and that's how easy it could be if we don't continue to remember the Lord. So I wanted to talk about um, just I'm, I'm not sure exactly how many of the numbers from this uh, research that you actually gave out, um, but we will link to the story in mm-hmm. the show notes because technology beat us today so um you just have to cry uncle when it's when you've lost you just have to say you've lost and that's as frustrating as i am (laughs) um you just have to say you know what we lost technology beat us today and so you know to the victor goes the spoils and yeah but we're back on live so okay great um (laughs) so i want to talk practical though i want to talk about how we turn things around in our country and one of those things i think is that we have to keep our kids engaged right well first let's let's look at because if if there is a decline in every generation Mm -hmm. then i think we have to turn to the lord yeah i don't think that we can count on children who are following us we cannot count on if we zig, they will not. Mm, right? right. So like if your kids are following you, if your kids are, are looking to you, you are the leaders, you are the influencers. If in fact you are, then if you zig, your kids will zig. If you zag, your kids will zag. Right? So when we understand this, I think what we cannot overlook is that as best we can, according to the word of God, we must try to walk a straight line. If the Lord calls us, if the Lord gives us commands that are clear in scripture, we don't change those because the culture has changed. In fact, that was something that was pointed out in this study that now you've got, um, you've got a generation of young people, 31% of teens and young adults strongly agree with this. That what is morally right and wrong changes over time Mm. based on society. (laughs) 31% of teens and young adults. Now, now get this. This is in 2021. 31% of teens and young adults strongly agree that what is morally right and wrong changes over time based on society. But in 2018, that number was 25%, just 25%. Wrong direction here. And, and look at how, look at in 
consistently, consistently there is a decline. So what are we dealing with? We are dealing with kids who are looking at their parents who are changing just a little bit in their generation. Yeah. And the parents may say something, guys, and I want you to understand this. We are well-meaning, I think, many of us. But we will say things like, well, you know, that's not what that's not the way we were taught it. (laughs) But but maybe 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 we were wrong. Mm -hmm. Right now, of course, there's space for that. But what's your measuring stick? Your measuring stick is the word of God, not the culture. Because most of the time when people say, but maybe we were wrong, they're thinking maybe the culture has some new revelation that we need to explore rather than maybe we were wrong. Let's go to the scriptures and see what the scriptures teach us about this. The word of God remains the straight edge. So practically speaking, parents and grandparents, man, have to turn to God. It, It can't just be, where is this generation going? Like what, what, what's going on with the young folks today? Well, because remember that the young folks are the products of the generation that came before them. And every generation will kind of bear a certain load, mm. have a certain responsibility or role to play in this. Yeah. So we have to turn back to the Lord. Amen. This is not, and, and, and I want to say this, <laughs> this is not an event This is a daily heart posture. Turning back to the Lord is not an event. You can't just go to it. (laughs) This is a daily heart posture where our kids can see that there is something different about us. Additionally, when we talk about what do we do practically, and I mentioned this before, we must enjoy the word of God. And submit to the word of God on purpose in front of our children and grandchildren. That they understand that this is something that is our deep abiding conviction. It's not just something we quote or say in front of other people. Kids can spot performance. They know when you are just portraying something for someone else. So what does this mean? Well, this means that you you take a you take a Deuteronomy Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4 approach. Hear O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Mm-hmm. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Mm. And shall talk of them when you Mm -hmm. sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You see, it's not just for Sunday in America that we talk about who God is and what he has done. Yeah. It's not just for outrage sake that we talk about who God is and what he has done. It's not just that we say, well, I'm not going to let them take my country down because God has been too good. He's given us this nation. Okay, right. But every single day, the God who gave us this nation is worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be exalted and to be lifted up in the presence of our children and our, our grandchildren. So I'm alarmed. I'm concerned about these numbers, right? And the reason I'm alarmed and the reason I'm concerned in part is because they don't have to be as dramatic as they are. Yeah, yeah. Except that there has been a dramatic decline 
in the generation that we exist in. So each of us is responsible. Generation X is responsible. The boomers are responsible. The millennials are responsible. And coming up the end, coming up the rear, there you have Gen Z. This, they're all responsible. And so things are not going to change just because we're able to observe these things and put these numbers down. People have got to start making real time change. All right, we're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.